0: This is the Gopher Puck Live Podcast, episode number 40, recorded Wednesday, March 27th, 2013. And welcome to this week's Gopher Puck Live Podcast, along with Hammy and Vigo. I am your host, Jupiter. Well, boys... We had the last Final Five that the Gophers will ever participate in. And boy, was it a clunker for the Gophers.
1: <laughs> Wasn't it, Hammy? Yeah, it was quick. You know, I mean, <laughs> one game and you're
0: out. So, it, I mean, it, I, it's been that way a lot recently. Either they're not there or they're losing right away.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it, it's kind of like I mentioned. I don't know if I mentioned it on GPL or where it was, but, uh, you know, for the last Final Five, I, I don't think you could have picked a worse scenario for the league as far as who ended up in the uh, championship game because it was, you know, not that Colorado College and and Wisconsin are clunker teams or, you know, anything like that, but it's just a matter of from an attendance standpoint, you probably couldn't have picked the two out of the five teams, the two worst teams to be in the final. So uh, from that standpoint, it was certainly underwhelming. And from a Gopher standpoint, it uh, was a disappointment.
0: Before we get to the games here, Vigo, you got to tell us how was the home brew, and which was your favorite.
2: Well, I think Viking Diesel did a very good job of uh, putting together some excellent options. Um, they they also named every beer after a school f- from the WCHA, which is which <laughs> okay. was pretty exciting. And uh, my favorite was, of course, the the Uno beer, which is an Imperial IPA that Viking brewed, and it was very tasty.
0: Okay, so the, the 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 tailgate went well then. Yeah, it was a good crowd.
2: There was a, there was a good uh, pair of uh, beard arts games going on. There was that Alaska crazy Dance Mania fan. He was there. The, tell me the he regulars. was liquored up pretty big. Yeah, he, he basically said, you know, if you don't start at 8 a.m., you aren't trying.
0: Oh, boy. And
2: if you saw him in the afternoon, you believed it.
0: Oh, boy. Well, he was the star of the Dance Mania at the X, so... I don't. Was, did, he, did he eventually win it? I don't know. Uh, yikes. Well, yes, he was definitely not sober and uh, dancing in strange ways that are probably not appropriate for children. Anyway, Vigo, your thoughts. Your last, The last Final Five on the hockey side. Obviously a surprise the Gophers lost, but all around, what did you think?
2: Well, I think one of the things about the WCHA we've been saying all year is that it's a pretty good league from the top seven, eight teams, and this weekend proved it. I mean, two underdogs that none of us thought would even get out of the first game really came out on top and met in the final, and and Wisconsin booked their ticket to the NCAAs. Uh, Obviously, a disappointing performance from the Gophers. Uh, They just could not get into a flow. Uh, I rewatched that five-minute power play actually again. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know, and it was just – it really got them out of the rhythm. I think they were getting so, uh, felt so much pressure to, to get a goal that as soon as they had a shot, they were trying to put it on net. Whether or not it was a good shot or not, they were just trying to get pucks in the net. And, you know, with as lethal as the power play has been all year, you want to get set up, show some patience, get high-quality shots. And I think they just kind of abandoned that as they started to press the game, and it cost them. I think uh, the, the top six forwards got a little fatigued after the five-minute power play, and they just never recovered.
0: Well, let's uh, take a step back here, Hammy, and uh, let's look at Friday. Um, Obviously, uh, Friday was good in some ways, uh, or I should say Thursday, not Friday. It was good in some ways because we got to see the Sioux lose um, to CC in overtime, and we also got to see some offense from Wisconsin that we haven't seen all year long. Uh. Wisconsin is playing well right now, and uh, there's just no doubt about that, is there, Hammy?
1: Yeah, I mean, they certainly played well that night. You know, and I don't know what happened with uh, Mankato's game all of a sudden. I mean, I you know, it's I don't think it was necessarily all Wisconsin. No, I think that it seemed to me like Mankato just kind of uh, didn't necessarily show up. It was like they hadn't been there, you know, in so long, and it, they, they showed it. I mean, you're down three goals in the first period to Wisconsin – um, that's obviously not a recipe for victory, you know, and because the style that they played generally is you're just not going to come back from that kind of deficit. And, um, you know, as far as the North Dakota game goes, I mean, I, I, think that it, you know, obviously it was a little bit surprising. Um, but I know that, uh, it seems like CC has played them relatively tough this year. And so, it, um, and North Dakota, you know, they've kind of been like the Gophers. Uh, they've been, a little bit inconsistent at times and not necessarily playing, you know, at their best, uh, you know, every single night. So you don't, you don't entirely know what to expect. And uh, they, they kind of seem to some suffer from a similar fate as the Gophers.
0: Vigo, what happened to Minnesota state? They gave up seven goals. I don't think all of them were by Williams, but uh, he was not sharp at all.
2: Yeah, he had a real rough uh, first period. I mean, the goals weren't spectacular goals. I mean, they were shots from the edges of the rink, and he just wasn't sharp. I'm not. I'm not sure what was happening. I feel like he should have been able to see the shots coming, and he just had an off night. And I know that they pulled him and said it was an upper body injury. So maybe it was just something that he thought he could play through and being a young kid, he wanted to
0: and ended up he couldn't. Well, he but he did take uh, a pretty good shot to the head. Yeah, and he did. But, I mean, he never returned to the bench, and that was that's at least a sign. You're not returning to the bench. Um, that's not exactly great news.
2: Well, you know, the bruised ego could keep you from yeah. the bench too. So it's, it's hard to say. I don't have any insider info from uh, Mankato. Like you probably do, I have zero, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just a, it was a ugly game for them, and as the whole team they they didn't generate a whole lot of offense either, and they didn't help out their goalie very much, so uh Wisconsin seemed to 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 get goals that they haven't been able to get all year,
0: so then we move on to Friday in the afternoon, and the Wisconsin Badgers do it again. they beat Saint Cloud four to one, and uh What did you think of that game, Hammy? It's uh, just Mankato, or not Mankato, uh, Wisconsin just chugging along. Well, I
1: mean, honestly, I mean, last week that was the one thing that I I remember mentioning is that uh, if I thought one of those two teams from that Thursday night game were going to beat St. Cloud, I thought it would be Wisconsin just because I think that they have that style that, you know, kind of frustrates a team like St. Cloud. I think St. Cloud kind of likes – that up and down the ice type of style. And I mean, like the Gophers do, but I think they don't have quite as much um, size or grit as the Gophers do. So they don't, they handle it, you know, they don't even handle it as well as the Gophers can. And so I, I really felt like uh, St. Cloud was going to lose. That was going to be the game. And it, I was really not surprised by that result. Um, I thought that St. Cloud was going to have a tough time.
0: If you're listening live and have any questions for us, make sure you just send us a tweet, you know, either at hammy hockey or at evigo, Go. Or even at Gopher Puck Live. Uh, if you have any questions about the Final Five or whatever, so now we move on to the night game. Friday night, Gophers play against CC. CC just had that big game against uh, North Dakota, hoping for a letdown, and they didn't let down at all. Senior goaltending, their defense was pretty good. They Minnesota just couldn't get anything going, could they, Viggs?
2: Well. They did get some chances. I know it and Hala both had breakaway chances,
0: and and yeah, but Bueckstad hasn't hasn't scored on a breakaway in quite a while. He's missed about his last six or seven chances.
2: Yeah, maybe he just needs to skate to that left wing circle and wind up and get a slap shot off from there.
0: But, yeah, that's uh, what I. That's what I said. He
1: needs to do like uh, Ralston did. For yeah, the wild. Uh, you know, just get about fifteen feet out and just blast it.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, Howe played an aggressive game. You look at some of the chances they have and Howe's on the top of his paint challenging the shooters, and, you know, he did give up some rebounds, but the Gophers just weren't able to get on top of him. And whether that's because guys are too close to the net and they're tied up or, you know, they're not in the right spot to to crash the net from the outside – Um, that's something that the Gophers, you know, are going to have to deal with, you know, if they want to make a run in the NCAAs now. And uh, they just weren't able to solve it on uh, Friday.
0: Well, one thing that has happened this season, things like this have happened a few times this season. You know, you go back to the Denver game, Denver series, they played awful Friday night. They came right back and they played really well. I think it happened a couple other times as well. Now they don't get to finish the final five and you got to wait another whole week to play hockey again. Uh, I hope they come back strong, Hammy, because it's it's not going to be easy. It's They're playing for keeps now.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, as far as the Friday night game goes, I, I just thought that CC just, just enough to kind of knock them a half step off of their game, and it just seemed like the passes were just a little off, and um, I think that they got a little frustrated. um I, I certainly think that, you know, you have to give some credit to how and, and, you know, the way CC kind of played, they, they got on top of the Gophers and really give them a lot of room. And um, but you're right. I mean, they're going to have to deal with that kind of a situation moving forward. And, um, you know, I, my personal belief is they're going to have to show a little bit more of a grittier attitude. I, I think about last year's team and we had guys like Matson and Jake Hanson. You know, those guys weren't necessarily the best players, but they kind of set a tone that I think sometimes has been missing with the current team. I, you know, I'm looking for some of these guys that are in leadership positions to kind of, you know, show a little bit of grit, show a little bit of toughness and, you know, just kind of stick your nose in there around the blue paint and, you know, hack away and like show the other team that, you know, make them, you know, get you out of there. I mean, don't just sort of look for the pretty plays Just you kind of have to muck it up and play a little ugly, and I just feel like sometimes they don't do quite enough of that.
0: Well, yeah. one thing – oh, hold on just a second. One thing I noticed, I was in the photo box for the third period, and Lucia was quite upset a few times, except one time even. He's like, get in front of the effing net. Nobody was going to the net. Shots weren't getting to the net. And nobody was you know, – they're blocking house vision. There was nobody getting in front to even make a play if the puck got there.
2: Well, I think a little bit was they were they were pressing so hard to get pucks to the net. As soon as they had a lane to try to get it there, they were trying to get it anywhere close to the net. And, you know, if they miss wide, they were clearing the zone 4cc in that third period. And, you know, sometimes you, you got to get a little puck possession and make some plays once you have control in the zone as opposed to trying to get everything on the rush when you just don't have the numbers, when you're getting stood up at the blue line, like they were.
1: Well, what what bothers me is just that you got guys like Bukestad, you guys got, you got bootish, you got, you know, Ambrose. I mean, you got guys with some size and some toughness up there. And to me, like, like I said, they need to stick their nose in around the net more often and hack away. And it's like to have the other team, you know, tick them off, you know, I mean, fine, you know, but make sure that you make your presence known around the, the uh, opposing net. And I just feel sometimes they don't do that. And that's why, you know, when th- the lanes aren't easy and open, and especially when, if the other team gets a lead, sometimes I think they get too frustrated and they don't make, you know, enough plays around the net. They kind of just try to hope, you know, fire around the net and just hope that somebody can do something. And it just doesn't happen sometimes. But
2: but it almost feels to me like they're having to go and get the puck and by the time they get it and try to do something with it, they don't have time to get to the net to have that net presence for the shot. And maybe that's just they're, they're getting too quick at trying to put pucks on that before they have that net presence to shoot through. But, it, you know, you don't see a lot of situations where said's able to dish the puck to somebody, get to the net, and look for a rebound. A lot of the times he's the one working on his own or something or, you know, putting it to the point and he's not getting to the net in time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think some of that, you know, I would agree with some of that. Um, but I also think that, uh, you know, maybe a part of it is that they're so used to teams, you know, kind of clogging up the lanes that when they see those opportunities, they they just feel like they have to fire it away. Um, just because I think teams, they want to clog those shooting lanes. They want to try to frustrate and kind of pack it in and, and around the net. And I think sometimes maybe the guys are so used to that, that maybe they try to pull the trigger a little bit too quickly. Um, But it's easy to second-guess from the stands, of course. Um, You know, when you're down on the ice, those guys, I guess they probably feel like they got to take whatever opportunities
0: they have. How do you think uh, uh, Wilcox did, guys?
1: Uh, I don't have really any major issues. I mean, two goals is not like some terrible effort. I certainly, you know, the one was a little bit, you know... I don't know if he would have wanted it back or not. But, I mean, I I didn't have a real problem with it. I mean, two goals. This Gopher team should be able to win if we're only giving up two goals. I agree with that. Definitely. Yeah, and
2: they were in the second period. I mean, you know, he made a bunch of saves leading up to that. And, you know, I think that one of the big problems for Minnesota was no goals. You know, you expect you only give up two. You should be right in
0: it. And that's my biggest concern right now. We're supposed to be the number one scoring team in the country. And it just seems like there's times where everything is just shut down and nothing's happening.
2: I do think this is a little bit different than the Denver game. The Denver game was a game where they just they didn't show up. You know, they weren't competing very well that Friday night. Uh, you know, you look at the game this past Friday night, and they were competing. Um, they were just maybe pressing a little bit too much.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I I, I think it was a lot different than. You know the the CC game. I thought that you know the effort was there. I think they got a little bit frustrated. Um, you know, I think that they kind of expected the game to go a little bit um, more to their favor early on, and when it didn't, uh, and then CC got up with the one goal. I, I just think that they maybe they got a little bit frustrated. But I, I don't. I wasn't nearly as upset. Even though, of course, you hate losing at the final five. I wasn't nearly as upset with the effort as I was uh, that game against Denver.
0: The real slap shot as a question via Twitter. What will they do with Condon Isaacson? I think he's trying to get at that. He doesn't think Isaacson should be up in the front line and Condon should be in his place. I would tend to agree. Uh, is Isaacson doing anything up there, guys?
1: I, I Well, I said it on Twitter. I don't like Isaacson on that top line personally. I mean, whether they replace him with Condon or whoever, I just feel like... Uh, You know, I don't think he compliments the other two guys that well. I mean, I just just don't see it. And for me, it gets a little frustrating. Um, You know, you expect those guys to kind of provide more offense than they do, you know, when he's on that line. So, you know, I don't want to blame one guy, but I do think that uh, I would try to somebody else up there.
0: I get a little frustrated with Isaacson at times because I think he holds the puck too long and then loses the puck. He doesn't seem to protect it as well as like a Bukestad does. What do you think, Viggs? Isaacson? Well, I think there's very
2: few guys who can protect it as well as Bugstad. So that's a pretty high standard.
0: You know, I I, like what Hall does. I think Hall protects the puck pretty well. Yeah, I I mean, he he does. I I like Isaacson
2: because he's a skilled player. He is able to make some smart plays with the puck. And, you know, maybe he holds it a little bit long, but that's something that that line needs a little bit other than just relying on Bugstad to control the puck every shift. Um, Someone else needs to be able to handle the puck, take a little pressure, and then allow Bukestad and Rao to make some moves to get to space. And, you know, Isaacson's, you know, if if there's one thing I think he's let down that line is he's had scoring chances and he's not capitalized. So his, his shot maybe isn't as good as that line requires. But I don't know if Condon adds that to that line either.
0: Really? I think he does. I think
2: Connor has a lot of speed and a lot of transition, but I don't. I don't know if he brings in the the puck possession that that line might need, or a shooter that that line might need.
1: Well, the question is then is who do you put in that situation? Because you know, I, I don't. I mean, Budish is more of a pass first guy. I mean, he can score goals, but um, he's more of a pass first guy. Um, you don't want to take Howell out of a center position on that you know, first 1A or 1B line, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, so then it's kind of like, well, who do you go to in that situation? And so yeah. t- for me, you know, a guy like Condon, you know, is probably, you know, maybe the best option, you know, out of the the names that people throw out there. So, you know, I, I guess know what,
2: it de- depends on what you want. I know at times Lucia's tried Boyd up there. Um, that's that's right. been one thing he's tried. You know, he's also kind of a puck possession guy, but he's not much of a scorer for them. Um, so I, I don't really know if they have another shooter that they can move. When they did try Hala at the wing, he, he struggled. He had a tough time, you know, being on that. You know, Well, you know, that like was that, also that. during a time yeah, when he was player. injured.
0: Yeah, but even yeah, dude, he, he was not, injured, he was so he just right wasn't there. even shooting at that time. He was hesitating all over the place.
2: Yeah, so. he admitted that he was frustrated playing in the window and he was okay. much happier being at center and being able to come back deep in the zone and get involved in the play there. So, something to think about.
1: You're think you talking about who? Hala. Hala, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, Minnesota loses two to zip. So, they're done with the final five and it's uh, Wisconsin and CC. Wisconsin pulls out a 3-2 victory in what was really not too bad of a game, Hammy. It was It was entertaining. Uh, frankly, I didn't
1: watch one minute
0: of it. So oh, jeez. Be... Okay. Skip you. You go away. Vigo, well, I, tell I, me yeah, you honestly, watched it.
1: I, I told you the night before, it's like, why would I care about this game? That Honestly, that's how I felt. It's like, I don't care about Wisconsin. You're just and pissed I off.
0: Well, I decided it was a lame game personally. So, well, Vigo, please tell him it wasn't a lame game.
2: You know, I didn't find it entirely lame. I didn't watch it as intensely as, uh. Some might have because, you know, once the Gophers lost and, you know, I had a little family time to to catch up on, but, uh, you know, Wisconsin played well, you know, they, they got the lead early and that's their recipe for success. You know, their, their scores are starting to come through for them. And when they get up on a team early and they don't take it very many penalties, they're going to be successful. So they're, they're a dangerous team for anyone to play. And, uh, you know, maybe CC was a little bit fatigued going into that game and uh, just couldn't rally to get get a whole lot of offense going. I think Wisconsin outshot them pretty handily. So, Wisconsin definitely uh, overcame the Cordillies' suspension at the start of the year and and got their way in.
0: Well, he's definitely been a catalyst for that team. He's been playing well. What are they – I mean, uh, he's scoring, he's passing, he's doing it all and. Without him, they would be nowhere.
2: Yeah, I don't think they make this kind of run without him in the lineup. He's no. he's one of their skilled forwards, and he can handle the puck, and he, he makes that top line go.
0: He definitely does. Well, boys, obviously the last Final Five, uh, all the memories are going to go by. We'll have the Big Ten uh, tournament next year. I, I don't sense the excitement from people, but it's just how it's going to be. We just have to kind of move on. I mean uh, – I don't think we'll ever see this type of uh tournament again. I don't I'm just not gonna get that excited about, you know, Michigan or Wisconsin in a Big Ten tournament, especially if it's off in Detroit. And uh maybe the NCHC, maybe they can get something going, but uh the final five for us is dead, guys. Any last thoughts?
1: Uh, honestly, I'm for me, I'm no, I'm not one of the people who've whined about the end of everything i just feel like you got to move on make the best of it and uh, you know i think that it's going to take time of course you're not going to have it exactly as what it's been um it's what you make of it you know if you're going to go into it with a sour attitude it's like anything in life then you're probably gonna not enjoy it but uh if you go into it with an open mind and you try to enjoy the hockey and certainly teams like michigan and you know some of these teams are not going to be crappy unskilled teams i mean these are that will have some skill on them and just, you know, a matter of kind of reacquainting yourself with the opponents. And, you know, it's not going to, I don't think for a few teams it's going to take very long before, you know, all it's going to take is one cheap shot or one, you know, bad, <laughs> ugly event. And suddenly the ire is going to be raised and you're going to hate the other team. You know, it just takes a little bit of time.
0: Well, I've always had Michigan as uh, a top three opponent for the Gophers. I've always loved the college hockey showcase. They've, uh, they play, they've always played a similar style up-tempo, I mean, obviously, they've they made the NCAA tournament for, what was it, over 20 years in a row or something like that?
1: I think it was like 21 or yeah, something. Yeah,
0: like I mean, sure. obviously, they didn't make it this year, and that was they were down to the final game, and they almost did make it. Um, I'm hoping Michigan becomes a big rival, because I really, those games are maybe second to North Dakota for me. Uh, I've always really enjoyed them, and I've missed them for the last few years, so hopefully, You know, we can get a good, strong rivalry going with Michigan. Vigo, the the tailgate's going to live on, though, isn't it? Yeah, from the sounds
2: of, uh, you know, the Gopher faithful, they will keep doing the tailgate. And uh, I think that they're going to be – aren't they going to do the alternate site in Grand Rapids, Michigan? Not Detroit?
0: No, that's the WCHA. I was talking about the Big Ten. Okay. Big Ten will be at at the Joe, isn't it?
1: I think, yeah.
0: Yeah. But that's in another year. Obviously, next season, it'll be at the X at the same time. The National has theirs at the Target Center. And uh, the WCHA will be in uh, Grand Rapids, probably at Van Andel. Okay. And then when we leave to go to Detroit, they'll come into the X in 2015.
2: Well, I do know that there's already talk about the Minnesota Cup and having people bring – ice houses uh, (laughs) into the tailgate lots and uh, have a little tent party in uh, St. Paul for that event. Because it'll be a little bit chillier for for the Minnesota Cup, but I I think you'll see some pretty good tailgating in the middle of the year and and some holiday cheer.
0: (laughs) Well, the beer keeps you warm.
2: Yeah. And, I, you know, it's going to change. It's, it's going to be different. I don't think uh, college hockey will see an event quite like the final five. I think you'll still see some decent crowds, especially, um, you know, if we can see some Minnesota, Michigan, uh, big 10 finals, I think Michigan will travel well. Uh, the Wolverines even bring fans to the TCF bank stadium for football games. I'm sure they will come out of the woodwork and all their hipster glory. And you'll see them uh, down in St. Paul.
0: Well, while the final five was finishing up, uh, while the Gophers were playing, uh, actually Friday night, uh, the Gopher women went to overtime against uh, Boston College and beat them three to two. Finally, got to the championship game on Sunday, and uh, boy, six to three victory over uh, BU, forty-one and 49 straight wins. Uh, we have to talk about them because it's just, it is an amazing feat. I mean. We've never seen anything like this, and uh, I think, you know, once they got to the championship game, they were allowed to relax quite a bit and uh, play what the, how they've played all year long. Uh, did any of you guys even see it at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, I watched some of that game, and, you know, I think, you know, I think it's an amazing feat, especially considering, I don't, you know, Kessel wasn't, I mean, she's not even 100% healthy, and I think no. that that kind of showed, you know, against North Dakota and showed against – bc because i think if she's completely healthy i don't think those games end up going in overtime i think you know she's that kind of player where she can add a few points you know just on her own
0: well she showed that saturday after sunday afternoon four points
1: she she had a good game but i mean you know she's not 100 uh so certainly uh, i think that um they survived those games even despite her health situation and uh you have to give them a lot of credit It, it was exciting i mean i Obviously, I'm not gonna act like I'm some huge women's hockey fan, but uh, nonetheless, you know, when you get kind of caught up in the fact that they're doing something that's unprecedented, and uh, it's pretty exciting.
0: A huge weight was lifted off their shoulders. I do know that. I mean, I think the pressure was starting to get to them, and you know, especially you know, three overtimes against North Dakota and another overtime against BC, Um, Vigo. They at least they were able to finish because they wouldn't have been able to finish this. It would have been a huge disappointment. Well, yeah, I
2: mean, you know, not to compare it too closely to uh, the 1980 Olympic team, but, you know, when they went into that final against uh, Sweden, you know, if Finland. they didn't win that game, Finland, Finland, you know, if they didn't win that game, you know, they were going to remember that forever as that being the one moment that they let themselves down. And, you know, kudos to them for coming through. Uh, it's a very talented team. They play a very exciting style of hockey and, you know, they had a packed house for the events, and it was, it was fun to see them come through. The The videos of them celebrating was, was fun to watch.
0: You know, I did see before the game that uh, somebody had retweeted a Mike Arruzzioni saying, hey, the Russians were 40-0 and 0 at one time as well. So too bad it didn't quite work out for his little BU squad. <laughs> didn't quite work out. But it was a, a great accomplishment by the girls, I mean, or I should say ladies. Um, uh, they worked hard. They felt the pressure all year long. They went. They got through it. They got their championship. And it was something pretty special. And uh, we definitely salute you gals. You did a great job. All right, boys. Well, Sunday night, the pairings were announced. And are either of you shocked that North Dakota is in the same region with Minnesota?
1: No, I'm not surprised. I mean, honestly, I kind of... You know, when I was looking around at what the uh, projected pairings were going to be based on that last game, you know, I was kind of, like, thinking to myself, well, I, you know, would I rather have to face North Dakota in my own, you know, in our own bracket, or would I rather see North Dakota in another bracket that they're going to have an easier path to the Frozen Four? And I was like, well, I would rather play them, you know, in the regional, you know, because I, I just feel like we – it's just – it's something to play for to get there, and I just think that that's the – uh exciting thing about it so we'll see how it goes
0: well apparently a little baby vigo's not happy about north dakota being in the bracket
2: yeah he's a little frustrated that uh bc gets union quinnipiac and Kenesha, as well (laughs) Uh, minnesota will probably have to play north dakota
0: and he's got a he's got a good point he should be crying over that yeah i mean that's a pretty
2: easy seed you know regional when you look at it from the big picture i mean who did those guys
0: play um, but you know, and BC was the six seed. Mm-hmm. They, they the should they should not be the in the, They should not be in the same bracket as Quinnipiac, being the one seed. So,
1: well, I mean, the thing, that, the thing that bothers me is just the fact that you know they need to quit worrying about you know not having teams from the same league you know playing each other in the first round because to me that's where you start getting screwy with the uh, competitive balance of things and all that. So. I would rather to see teams face off based on their seeds and let it you know, chips fall where they may.
0: Um well I, that it'll be less of a problem next year with obviously uh you know, we'll be in the Big Ten, North Dakota and those schools will be in the national, um, the WCHA. I mean it'll be a little quite a bit different and they won't have to worry as much because a lot of the teams that are going to these new conferences are the teams that were they couldn't match up against each other. Today. Um, but, you know, now they can easily do it.
2: Yeah, but the, I mean, there's a reason USHO gets it pretty much spot on. I think, what is it, four or five years in a row? Oh, that they predicted the it's a, bracket. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious what they're doing and until they decided to change up how they're going to, you know, put the teams in for attendance or whatever. I, I mean, I can't imagine that uh, the Quinnipiac region is going to be great attendance regardless of what they do.
0: Um, well, let's take a look at that bracket, guys. We have Quinnipiac facing Canisius and uh, BC facing Union. I mean, obviously, uh, Union has been a up-and-coming team the last few years. They uh, made it to the Frozen Four last year. Uh, did, Hammy, do they have any chance of getting by in BC?
1: Well, I mean, I think you, as we've seen with our own team, I mean, you can never rule anybody out, you know, as far as winning um, their are first round games and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I would be surprised, um, you know, if BC doesn't come out of that region. I mean, it is, um, you know, it's, they've got a pretty beneficial uh, lineup there. So I, I I just think it would be pretty tough to see them not coming out of that. I'm not a big believer of the other clubs uh, that are in that region. I just think that uh, at some point you just kind of have to look at it and just be honest and say, you know, it's a matter of who they've played throughout the year and, um, you know, who Who have some of those teams really, truly beaten that have been g- very good. So I think BC is going to come out once again. I mean, they
0: got they got a uh,
1: good set up there.
0: Viggs, what about this Quinnipiac team? Are they getting disrespected here? Well, they're obviously not getting disrespected. They're the number one overall seed. Yeah, but I mean, how many people are going to pick them to come out of that bracket? Well, I don't think many people will.
2: Not very many. I can't wait to see the stats if we can see those on the you know the different pick em yeah. sites that are coming out. But you know, BC's you know, the favorite and they've got one of the best players in college hockey and you know, I don't see why they're not gonna win the big games coming down the stretch. I I think they're a, a favorite to probably get to, you know, a game with uh, you know, whoever comes out of the Midwest and you know, they've got enough talent where They've got the playmaker who can make a 0-0 game, 1-0, 2-0, 3-0 very quickly. Yeah.
0: Oh, he definitely can't. Um, does Quinnipiac have trouble with their first game against Canisius? I mean, Quinnipiac has been very inconsistent lately. I mean, they lose to Cornell. Then they beat them 10-0 the next night. Then they come back and have an overtime game. They've been really roller coastering here. There's a good chance we could see the very first you know, one sixteen matchup going to the 16.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, it is pretty up and near. I mean, obviously we don't see a ton of these two teams play, so it's hard to make, a, you know, sweeping judgments. But, I mean, they don't – it's like who do they play all year long, you know? I mean, they don't play WCHA caliber teams, and so it's really hard to sometimes get a feel for truly how good these teams may or may not be. And uh, certainly, you know, looking at how Canisius has done, you know, down the stretch, I mean, they've got a pretty good winning streak going on. Granted, it's not been against the greatest teams, but nonetheless, they're going to have some confidence going into that game. So you never know. They, they might have a shot at that.
2: Well, we did see Canisius at uh, Mariucci, and uh, that was a one nothing game. You know, they played Minnesota really tough in that one. And, you know, that's the kind of style that they're going to have to play against Quinnipiac. And, you know, in a low-scoring game, anyone could come out. But I I would think Quinnipiac should. Well, and
1: they got, they've they got good goaltending. I mean, Hartzell's a good goalie. I mean, he's um big kid. And, and certainly, you know, when you have that key factor in there in net, you know, you, you can win any game. I mean, that's really what it comes down to a lot of times in these um these games and you know kid, kids 1.5 goals against and say percentage above 93 percent i mean that's pretty damn good
0: all right but i think we're pretty much all set on we all pretty much think that boston college is going to come out of that bracket right guys yeah yep all right moving to the midwest uh who's going to face a boston college there guys we've got notre dame st cloud miami minnesota state do our WCHA teams have a chance here, guys? Can they sneak up and then face each other in regional final? What do you think, Amy?
1: Uh I honestly think that it's going to be tough for both of them. I think um, St. Cloud, I think, is really going to have a tough time because I think both, you know, in order to get to the Frozen Four, to have to go through Notre Dame and more than likely um, Miami, which are two teams that play very similar style to what you see Wisconsin kind of play you know more of defensive minded low scoring um you know I I just think that they St. Cloud does not match up well against that those kinds of teams and so I would be kind of surprised if they you know won against Notre Dame I'd I'd be surprised and you know you don't know what you're going to get now with Mankato I mean the way they laid an egg in that and the big stage at the final five and um, you know, it's kind of hard to pick for me personally to pick them. I mean, maybe they can recover from it, but, uh, you almost have to wonder if they got to the point where it's like, well, we haven't done this in a while and we're just happy to be here. Um, and so I, I really expect that it's going to be,
0: um, Notre Dame and Miami in that regional final. I have a sneaky feeling that one of them is going to get through, I, you know, I don't know who, but I think, you know, either Minnesota state or mayor state cloud is at least going to get through to the regional final, you know, maybe an overtime game or something along those lines. What do you think, Viggs, out in the Midwest?
2: It's it's tough because I think Minnesota State and St. Cloud probably drew the two toughest teams out of the top seven that they could have faced. Uh, Miami and Notre Dame kind of put the crowd to sleep at Soldier Field for a little while, I think, with their efforts Um, because they both play that really slow, methodical, you know, Trying to keep the other boring. In Miami. Yeah, it's, you know it's a tough game. It's it's going to be a little bit like that uh, U.S. Mexico game. You know, they're going to be putting a struggle <laughs> down the center of the ice and and try to hope uh, for a non-man rush that's never going to come. And so I think that's a tough matchup for both of them. And I I do see Miami and Notre Dame both advancing to face each other, and then I I think Notre Dame comes out of that bracket.
0: Ooh, yeah, Notre I think would agree with that. I would go with Notre Dame too. Okay. Notre Dame out of the Midwest. And then it moves us over to the Northeast guys. We've got Lowell against Wisconsin, Denver, New Hampshire. And boy, right off the bat, I'm thinking the way Wisconsin's playing, they look really good to get to the frozen four. What do you think Viggs?
2: Well, I do think that they're going to get past UMass. Uh, I know UMass is one of the, the number one seeds in the regionals, but, uh, Wisconsin is playing some amazing hockey. They're definitely not playing like a 14 seed. Uh, they are on quite the run and, and they've got all their cylinders uh, clicking. And I think Kerdelis and uh, Mersh have really helped them and, and Rumpel's on his game and, you know, they've got some good leadership. So uh, I think they get out of that first game at least.
0: What do you think, Hammy?
1: Uh, I actually, I think uh, UMass is going to win that game. I, I certainly respect how Wisconsin has kind of played towards the end of the year and uh, you know, the, the the way that they've uh, kind of lifted themselves up from their early season struggles. But you look at how UMass has played, you know, especially the second half of the year. I mean, they've only lost three games. I mean, they're not exactly playing slouches out East and, you know, they're not playing bad hockey whatsoever. I mean, they have really, what, I think they lost one game in the last like two months or something like that. I mean, it, it they're certainly not playing bad hockey so i i just really think that they've you know they're confident just as confident probably if not more so than wisconsin and i just have a feeling that uh, you know they're going to come out on top in that game
0: okay Hammy, I mean, what about denver and uh, new hampshire then you know that to me this is like one of the trickiest
1: games to pick i, I actually think that new hampshire is probably going to win i i think that uh Denver just seems so up and down and, and, you know, they just don't seem quite like that same, you know, confident group that you sort of expect to see towards the end of the year that you've for their club that you've seen in recent years. Um, and so I, I actually, I, I think that they're probably going to lose that game against New Hampshire.
0: What do you think Viggs?
2: Yeah, I actually like New Hampshire out of this bracket. Um, you know, they've been a little bit up and down, but they've beaten some of the best teams in college hockey and, you know, I think they're going to be able to pull it out because I think just, DU's just been too inconsistent. Um, they've kind of had a short roster um, this second half of the year, and um, you know they rely a lot on their defensemen to to get their game going. And I think they've struggled a little bit with their forward play. Um, so I think New Hampshire probably gets out of this bracket.
0: What do you think, Hammy? Can New Hampshire get past Lowell then?
1: Ah, uh, you know that that'd be interesting. I. Um... I kind of feel like, uh, you know, I like how Lowell's played. You know, I I, I, I just, you know, I don't really get to see a ton of their games, but I, yeah, and I know yeah. that, uh, you know, certainly New Hampshire's played some good teams and and had success this year, and but I just think that uh, UMass has been more consistent in the second half, and so I think that I, I'd probably go with them out of this bracket.
2: They do say it's tough to sweep a team on season, and New Hampshire has beaten UMass Lowell three times. So they're three
0: for three. We'll have to see. So far, you guys have not uh, liked the WCHA teams at all. Well, here we go off to the west, and we've got uh, Minnesota and North Dakota about the clash. But you know what? Hey, they got to get past Niagara. Or we got to get past Yale. What's going to happen, uh, Hammy?
1: Well, that's a good question. I mean, it's like I mentioned earlier with – You know, North Dakota—they're kind of similar to the Gophers in the sense that they've been inconsistent. You know, they haven't really been—you know—hitting on all cylinders. They've had their games where they just have not been clicking at all, and so you you kind of have to say to yourself, "What are you going to get out of these teams?" And um, honestly, I mean, I think the Gophers have the better shot of the two of for you know out of their their first games. I I expect the Gophers to win against Yale, but they're going to definitely. you know, have to play with a little more mental toughness and a little bit more grit. And, um, you know, not that Yale's necessarily going to be trying to play that clamp it down kind of stuff, but, uh, I think the Gophers will win against Yale. Um, I'll be interested to see how North Dakota does. Um, you know, like I said, they've kind of been a little bit, uh, up and down and, you know, Niagara, I don't, I think that you know, people see the the name on the paper and they think, oh, well, that's going to be an easy game for North Dakota. But I, I'm not convinced that it's going to be quite that easy. Um, I think Niagara will certainly give them a good fight. But uh, I think that North Dakota will more than likely win that game. And then, you know, everybody will get their, you know, rivalry game. You know, hopefully it'll tie them over for a few years. Um, and honestly, God, I don't know how to pick that game. I guess just being the homer, I'll, I'll pick the Gophers maybe in overtime. But uh, I think that'll be, you know, kind of a tight game. And um, I think the one edge the Gophers, in my opinion, definitely have is in goal. And I think that you cannot discount how important that is this time of the year. Um, North Dakota has sort of been inconsistent in goal. And I, and I think that's why you can't necessarily count Niagara out of that game because you just don't know what you're going to get with a Gothberg or Saunders. or And uh, so I, I think it'll be a North Dakota-Minnesota matchup. And I think Minnesota will come out on top.
0: All right, Vigo. What you got? Well, one of the things again, Niagara's schedule.
2: I mean, they played no one this year. They they played a series with uh, Michigan State, I think, early in the year. Um, they played a couple games against Bowling Green. They got Clarkson for a series, but they they just played no one. So it's it's really hard to know what exactly they have uh, based on who they played, and and they didn't finish very well. So I I think North Dakota is going to come out of that game. Um, I think it's a good matchup for them that they're not playing one of those total, total lockdown defensive teams. And I think the same holds true for Minnesota. You know, they're gonna be playing against a Yale team that probably likes to get up and down the ice a little bit and isn't gonna to totally sit back in a trap and, and defend the blue line and you know, is gonna to try to trade chances a little bit. And I think that's gonna be good for Minnesota based on, you know, who they played their last uh, what five, six games. They've played against a lot of, you know, slow it down teams. Um, so I think it'll be good for them to see a little bit more wide open hockey. And then when you see Minnesota and North Dakota play, it's a little bit like watching uh, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. The teams just can't help themselves, but get up and down the ice. And I think that's going to favor uh, Minnesota. I think their defensemen that could be the difference in that with uh, Schmidt and Riley getting up in the play. And I think Minnesota's going to book their ticket to Pittsburgh.
1: Just watch out for Niagara's goalie, though. That kid's got some numbers, and you just cannot... I know they haven't played necessarily the great teams, but uh, you know those are some pretty stellar numbers that that kid's got, and you can't just... And like I said, North Dakota's been inconsistent in that, and so that's the one thing you really have to be leery of when you're at this time of the year in these one-and-done situations. So we'll see how it goes.
0: I think the Gophers are going to defeat Niagara to go to the Frozen Four wow suck it who we don't care about your little team anymore
1: <laughs> well that'd be disappointing for a lot of fans
0: i'm sure it would all, be oh god forbid.
1: they will all cry about oh my god we don't get to play north Dakota. <laughs> we don't plan to play the gophers and we'll hear another you know how much whining are we in here for another year who knows? oh man watching the ticket
2: prices for the final five leading up to that potential big Friday night game and seeing tickets go for over two hundred bucks on subhub and then you know you get down there on Friday night and you can get in two people for twenty five bucks. Wow. Buy low sell high. Yep. Jeez The scalpers got killed this weekend at uh I'm 6:00. sure they
0: did. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Yikes well, boys, do you have anything else for us for this week?
1: Nope. Just hope that we see uh, a strong effort from the Gophers twice this weekend. And I think that if they, if they play their A game, I think they'll be in the Frozen Four. But uh, you, you, we just haven't seen enough consistency to be that confident that that's what's going to happen.
0: It's time for the big boys to show up. Bukestead, Haula, we got to have these, you know, Rao. These guys got to get on the board this weekend. If they don't, they won't be going to the Frozen Four.
2: Well, I think, the style, I think the style of play they'll see in Grand Rapids will match what they're looking for, and I think that they, they they'll get goals. They won't be in a two nothing game, having to pull their goalie with three twelve to go.
0: Is that what it was? Yeah, he pulled him early. Yeah, well, I don't blame him. He he was not happy. I mean, that was the first time I'd ever been in the box dx, and uh, Lucia was definitely not happy at all. So. We'll see. We hope they come out with a much better effort because if they don't, the season's over, and I'm guessing, you know, Bukestad and Howla and well, whoever is going to be gone. So uh, let's hope the season continues, huh, boys? Yeah, I
2: keep I keep reading some people think Bukestad might stay.
0: Really? Who? Yeah. Some people like who? Um, is is this a drunk like, hockey can... guy pulling your leg?
2: No, I I've, I've just, you know, seen some stuff that he might want to be a free agent.
0: Oh, even like he doesn't want to go to Florida.
1: Yeah. Like what I mean but who is saying is what I'm saying. Just just I've seen some stuff out there. There's no one obviously in the Vikings family give me a well, call. Well, I mean I I'm, I'm saying anybody credible from a media standpoint is what I'm saying. Yeah. It I wasn't mean, me. You, I haven't I haven't seen anything personally, but and I'm I'm just curious Are we talking about uh, a Bob McKenzie type of a media person are we talking about joe blow who's got a twitter account <laughs> That bob mckenzie oh okay
0: all right boys well remember you can always follow hammy on twitter at hammy hockey and you can follow vigo on twitter as well at evigo um we'll be back next week hopefully on tuesday as long as hammy doesn't have like a hot date or something and and uh we'll either uh be talking about Frozen 4 or recapping the season which we definitely do not want to do so until then thanks for listening